Dude, the please tell me progress. You have came the on right on. as I was about to drop an f bomb on this, so it was good timing. Uh, of course, I don't have the air on in this camper, bro. This is this is a Lance, and so it's completely insulated. It's like seventy one degrees Celsius in here right now. Nice. You get off work has- today. Say that again. Just wondering if you got off work late, if that's why you were late. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I was I was I got caught in the six o'clock rush hour and uh, had kids to shower and uh, traffic <laughs> jams to avoid. You know. <laughs> right. I'm impressed well, you're still awake, Rob. What are you doing up this late? I had to take a nap today to stay awake. I'm not surprised. This is gonna Warm mess up the sleep milk. schedule right here, yeah. guys. <laughs> so, jacked up. Uh, Okay, welcome back to the English Happy Hour podcast. I feel like I've got to say it. We've been recording here for a minute or so. And, uh, you know, for the listeners, we've got a rare occurrence. We're actually recording in the evening. So I'm actually awake for a change. Um, Rob's probably the, yeah, he's the most tired one on the podcast. It is 7.30 p.m. Arizona time. Typically, we, <laughs> we record at uh, probably, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, the latest. So uh, we're night owls tonight. Nick has got, you know, his his normal family fiasco going on inside. So do I. So Nick has escaped to his his uh, new to him. Uh, what is it? 2000 what Lance Camper? Ah, sometime this millennium, somewhere in there. Yeah, his his Lance Camper, uh, his his cab over camper. It, it's it's over 100 degrees outside. So I, I feel like it's hot here in my garage. But tell me, at least you've got your door open in this camper. Well. In the instance of trying to have a perfect podcast audio experience, I have nothing turned on. Uh, the door is cracked open, but uh, it's it's a little warm. I uh, I'm perspiring like a chestnut on an open fire. I I will say, I mean, man, you talk about a you know a soundproof room, something that doesn't have <laughs> a lot of you know hard echoes and stuff like that. A small lance camper is is a beautiful thing. It, it sounds great in there, man. <laughs> Hey, that, that you know, man, it's a uh, it's bulletproof. It's a uh, wife and kids proof. It's a uh, I'm hoping it's divorce proof because if I get divorced, it's about the only thing I really want in the community property. So, feeling pretty there good go. about it. All right, that, it only took Nick uh, about one minute to talk about divorce here in this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, Just front loading it. Before we get to uh, to Nick and, and you know uh, what what the scoop is with that camper let's let's start with rob what's uh what's good your way dude um i've just been preparing for my elk hunt that starts on friday so pretty stoked about that uh other people in other parts of the country probably don't understand how how big of a deal an elk hunt is in arizona because i mean the last tag i drew was in 2013 so uh 10 years ago it takes that long for a resident even to draw the tag so um pretty excited um i'm leaving on wednesday morning get up there and do some scouting and uh, make sure camp's all good and we'll be uh hunting friday morning so i've got two weeks to get it done um i mean that the worst part about arizona is the fact that it takes that long to draw because i mean you want to shoot a big one but you also want to shoot one because you don't get I mean, you don't yeah. get a tag very often, so it's kind of a you're kind of in a conundrum with it. It's just kind of a little frustrating, but um, it, it puts uh, a lot of pressure on, huh? It does. It's um, <clears throat> I keep telling myself just to enjoy the hunt, 
and whatever happens happens and that's essentially what i'm going to try to do so it's a terrible outlook yeah <laughs> performance is all that matters bro yeah whatever so if you don't have a seven by six 410 pointer don't even shoot <laughs> that's so the i think a lot of guys ruin their hunts with expectations like that right so i mean they're they know what's up man what uh where roughly are you headed on this I'm, unicorn trip i'm i'm with like uh north i-40 okay cool yeah that's yeah. a good spot isn't it it is it's um it's like a mid-tier unit it's not like one of the premier premier units but um you know those units take 15 to 20 points or you know years to draw so accumulate um, uh-huh yep yeah so it's uh to be able to hunt every 10 years i guess it's good uh the good part is is we all put in separate less had the tag last year shot a great bull um same so unit same unit yeah oh nice yeah. yeah so that just i mean we have a lot of knowledge in there it's not the same unit it was 20 years ago 20 years ago it was ridiculous how good it was the number of bulls um you just the numbers are way down but there's you know it, it's still good and um still some really good quality bulls in there so should be what fun. causes stuff like that i know this is a fishing podcast so we can just <clears> touch <throat> it briefly is it drought related is it you know what what causes an elk population to suffer in arizona um, i think there's a ton of different things i think a lot of it is uh tag allocation i think there's just so uh-huh. many tags um, you know, game and fish has to make money somehow. So they pick some units to be like premier units uh, and have very few tags, and they pick some that uh come to meat say, basket. Yeah, so there's 150 bull tags in this unit for archery in the early season. Um, and then the late season, I'm just guessing somewhere around 400 tags for a lot. Uh, and dude, how so, big is the unit, man? uh god i wish i knew exactly but let's say it's 20 miles east west and 20 miles north south i mean it's so i mean it's a pretty good size area it really is how many of those tags will will be filled um i don't know there's data out there that i can look at and see um like so i'm hunting the same i'm hunting the west portion of the same unit that boyd hunted antelope in so his was the west and the east side. So quite a bit bigger unit, probably 70 miles east and west, maybe mm. 80. Um, and his archery antelope tag had 10 tags in there. And they have a, <laughs> a 60% kill rate. So Ooh. every year they kill six. six. Yeah. They're, not even, they're not even touching that population. of For the antelope, not really. Antelope. No, but right. But later on with the... A rifle hunt, there's 30 or 40 tags and a rifle hunt, there's gotta be, it's gotta be almost a 90% kill rate, I would think at least. So just kind of guessing on some of those numbers, but, um, yeah, de- antelope are not hard to find. So only, only guys on a rifle hunt that are, aren't going to kill one are super picky, you know, just looking for that one big one. And I thought you were going to say they're too drunk, yeah, but they're possibly. also picky too. I don't think you get drunk on a hunt that takes uh, 20 to 25 years to draw. So. Okay, true. You'd be a functioning alcoholic if that happened to you. That's true. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's another thing too for populations. Like our tags are so few and far between that guys take every hunt very serious. Yeah. Um, you don't get, if, 
if you had um if you had a tag every year or every couple years you would have that guy that just went <laughs> up there and i mean might drink the entire trip and hiding from his family <laughs> yeah it's just a reason for him to get away right so I cool. can't relate with that guy at all. No. Yeah, instead, they fish bass tournaments. So <laughs> <laughs> nice shot, shoot it. I love it. That's so yeah. funny. Well, dude, that's cool. We'll be excited to hear about it. And uh, yeah, hopefully you, uh, you know, hopefully you find the right one and and you get it, man. And hopefully it doesn't take yeah. two weeks. But if it does, I'm sure it'll be fun. So yeah. So guys- in 2013, I I killed one in 2003. I killed one in 2010. In 2013 i got lucky and drew it real quick there but i didn't kill one in 2013 and i spent 17 days up there (laughs) with days prior and one day after cleaning up Um, so 14 days hunting and did not kill one hey that was the karma of drawing it so quickly i guess i guess but les shot a really big one that year too so he's shot two really big elk so I'm sure there's no trash talk going going on. Oh, there's all kinds of trash talk. Yeah, oh, on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, clearly one, he's <laughs> yeah, he's the hero though. You're gonna be oh, in the shadow no forever, bro. No doubt. Hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, Nick, what uh, what's up your way, dude? Looks like you had another northern excursion last week. I'm just a full blood northerner at this point, man. You know, like I've I've ascended the ranks of lowly Phoenician who escapes up onto the rim on the weekend and uh, hoses and doesn't belong. I'm just full Northern at this point, I think. No, that's not true at all. We did uh, run up there and the uh, brand new to me, Lance Camper, and uh, had a great time, man. Definitely was a... And there Nick goes. As soon as he started, I put him <laughs> on mute. Nick, hey, 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 buddy, we can't, we can't hear you. He's going, we can't hear you, dude. We were about to have a smooth podcast that they didn't have to. We got you again, dude. Go ahead. Dang we didn't catch any of it. Good. Well, it was a, it was a warm up. So let's. Uh, I don't know. Just acted like, oh, that was cool, man. Right on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the <rest of> the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Great but story, Nick. All, all seven. All seven listeners would have been left, you know, wanting more. They're here for you. But uh, yeah, so just some learning curves. I uh, I wanted to. Um, keep it real simple. I just had the kids and myself. So it was a lot of hardcore dadding. And so I thought, Oh, I'll just bring like real simple things to eat. So it's one less thing to think about. I just wanted to like focus on fishing and, uh, getting out of the heat and, uh, use the, the electricity from my house to turn on the refrigerator and get it nice and cold. And, uh, all of my meals hinged on refrigerated protein. So it was ham sandwiches for dinner, and then uh, cream cheese and bagels for breakfast, a little bit of milk to go on cereal. And when I left, I thought I had switched it over to propane to keep the fridge nice and cool. Uh, I clearly did not. And it was 109.6 degrees on Saturday afternoon and uh, proceeded mm. to drive a couple hours north and then uh, got lost and had no phone service to find the lake that I was trying to get to because my map went different direction. So the three hour drive was more like four and a half hours. And I uh, get to the spot. Things are feeling good. Hour and a half on a tremendous rough dirt road. With hey, are you are you like cool with saying the name of the lake? Would you rather not? No, I, I don't care. I went to Knoll Lake, so okay. it's uh yeah. So it's just past Woods Canyon, which is like the 
the urban pond of the Mogollon Rim, I think, with all the the bros standing up in their 14-foot aluminum boats. You wanted to get away a little bit more than that this time. Yeah, I just waved and laughed at him and called him losers as I went three miles an hour down the washboarded dirt road. Suckers, look at me in my fancy trailer. And uh, so, yeah, so we rattled and rolled and bumped like that Eric Church song where his old truck couldn't take it. That was like my truck, man. We're just rattling. We got there. You know, after being lost and everything, we we get to the lake about two hours before sunset. Lines out, man. We're we're drowning power bait nuggets and we're squishing mealworms and having just a great old time. And uh, it's like, okay, let's let's go get our campsite now. And so, sun's going down, and I knew we had a little bit of work figuring out how to set up base camp. And had some real hungry kids, and uh, luckily we had caught two stalker rainbows that I was gonna cook on the campfire and give them the whole you know vip experience hopped in the camper and uh, went to the refrigerator and the milk was 101 degrees the ham looked like it was growing some kind of like a science experiment <laughs> on it the cream cheese was uh i don't even know how to describe how gross that was so quickly i was realizing i had pretty much two stalker trout to feed my kids with any protein for the next 30 hours and I was like four hours from civilization on a terrible dirt road. So Bear Grylls would have approved, bro. I was We were like naked and afraid there for a minute. But we rallied, had a great time. Uh, won't make that mistake twice. Make sure that uh, it switches over to the propane and continues to cool things adequately. And it was great, man. That's That's cool. The pictures looked awesome. The trout looked really good. I didn't realize that's all you guys had to eat, but uh, I bet they were pretty tasty. Luckily, we had like 23 pounds of Teddy Grahams, you know, 600 pounds of s'more equipment. So okay. we were on like we were on like the hummingbird diet. You know, we were like 41 million grams of sugar and nothing else. It was, I brought a salad bag mix that uh, actually stayed in the cooler and it was edible. But strangely, I had a hard time convincing anyone to have salad mix with me when there was, you know, chocolate bars and graham crackers to be eaten. So at least they weren't hungry. But you guys had a campfire and all. We did. Yeah. And I don't think we were responsible for starting a new fire up on the rim. So, you know, score one for the, you know, city slicker Phoenician not screwing things up terribly. So it was fun, man. Now, right. Yeah, well, totally anything's fine. possible, though. There was a little fire burning down off the rim, but it probably was a controlled burn or something. But. It still looks dry enough that if you were an imbecile, you could do something, you know, irreversible. But we didn't do anything like that. And uh, the, the truck camper life is it's pretty good, man. I uh, I got to sleep where all the cushions fold flat and you take the table out. And my chihuahua went down inside my sleeping bag. And that was terrible. She like couldn't breathe and was like. Ooh having Tourette's down there all night and I listened to my daughter and my two sons play twister up on the mattress and kicking each other and yelling at each other it was it was a restful nice. three and a half hours of sleep but you know we 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 made memories it's what we did did you catch a bunch of fish the next day then also we did not hammer on no. them sadly we uh god is good and he gave us 14 grams of protein in two little stalker trout that night and then the next day, that that lake is just like overwhelmed by green sunfish, and they really? were saving grace. Yeah, luckily, I don't know. You guys are such big game enthusiasts and capable of catching large fish. We uh we made quite the sport out of using like 
number 14 gold hooks in the smallest piece of nightcrawler possible and then tried to catch as many three-inch green sunfish as we could and it actually became quite a sport man we had aquariums and plastic cups and you know you name it dude there was some green sunfish finning around in it and we were we were doing good we had a good time but no trout yeah you know the kids love that dude max looks stoked about it yeah, he's been rubbing it in that he caught the biggest bluegill on Sunday, but I haven't had nice. the heart to tell him that it was still like a one and a half pound largemouth could eat it without even trying, but it's okay. Won't rain on his parade yet. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you, you're a good dad, dude. The kids will appreciate all those things down the road, and I'm sure you'll remember them too. So that's uh, that's well, cool to hear. Yeah, thanks, man. I taught him a lot of new vocabulary as I was bouncing down the wrong road with no phone service to figure out how to correct my error. And uh, there was some colorful language and some tense moments, but uh, hopefully they think I'm a good dad after that. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, th- that'll be a great segue into one of our later subjects for the podcast. You know, we're going to talk about preparation and uh, must have things in the boat to be ready for anything, um, which, you know, <laughs> I obviously, should listen to this. Yeah. Teddy Graham's and, uh <laughs> <laughs> more materials yeah that's that should be added to the list but dude. um that's cool dude uh you know over this way it's been mm-hmm. uh, it's been a, a good couple of weeks since we last talked i've you know i've been on the guide train a little bit just uh you know i've got a month without tournaments really so i've got a small tournament i'm gonna fish local tournament this weekend but um you know I've done probably, I don't know, six or seven trips since we talked. I've uh, been hitting Saguaro hard, Roosevelt a little bit, and, uh, you know, fishing's been good. We're in that late summer, early fall transition, which is it's one of the tougher times of year, I, I would say. But, you know, it's been so warm, it's still fishing more like a summer bite than it is a transitional bite. And, uh, you know, we've been been fishing slow, putting the head down. And, you know, when you're out there, you don't feel like you're whacking them. But then you get off the water and it's like, oh, you know, we caught, you know, you fish four or five hours, you catch 10 or 12 fish and have a couple big ones. And uh, it's actually been a decent day. So you just you do have to work for them right now. Um, And probably the biggest mistake I made over the last couple of weeks was going fishing at Saguaro on Saturday, this past <laughs> Saturday. I cannot believe you know, how busy that lake has gotten. It's always been busy, right? Like you always have had lots of wakeboarders and jet skiers and and now wake surfers, all that. The amount of kayaks and uh, I'm not busting on the kayaks uh, before any of the guys get pissed. I love the kayak fishermen, but uh, the, the, this is the kayakers just um, paddling around dude in the wake uh what are they uh the uh the paddle boarders stand up paddle boarders that's why that's why i chuckled those are the ones that believe in god seriously i'm not even kidding if there weren't hundreds of them i'm talking (laughs) i'm i'm not kidding on my on my way in it was probably 10 o'clock on my way in if i didn't pass 300 400 (laughs) paddleboarders and kayakers i didn't pass one and they're going across the middle of the lake and and hey if i'm on a kayak or a paddleboard and i'm i'm gonna cross the channel of saguaro lake on a saturday in the middle of the day i'm on it dude i'm paddling i'm pedaling whatever it takes i'm on the move they're just chilling out dude looking around taking in the sights and uh i mean literally almost getting run over they have no idea they're the same people 
that go out and hike Camelback Mountain with one water bottle at two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and get rescued in a helicopter. That's the oh, same yeah. people that are out there in paddle boards at Saguaro Lake. And uh, I mean, and then and then you get the wake the the wake surf boats that don't really understand how dangerous driving a boat can be. So like, I mean, dude, they're driving like 20 feet from these people, right? Like I get off pad and idle through the flotilla and they're just plowing right through. It's, no. it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. You know what and the I, camping equivalent to them is the the dad with a pop-up camper that he's never used before. I, dude, I'm sorry, continue. No, I mean, you've been in the outdoors. You're in a, in a whole different realm here, dude. I know what you're saying, but these people just, they won't know until they're freaking drowning, dude. And uh, yeah. so anyways, I get to the ramp and when I get to the ramp, I tie up and I look up and there's people <laughs> screaming at the bow dock. And there's a wake surf boat that's launching. And, and, and I know most of the listeners haven't been to this lake, but the way this, this dock sets up, this ramp, you've got a three-lane ramp. And on the side of the ramp, there's about a six-inch lip of concrete. And then a pretty hardcore, uh, you know, chunk rock drop-off to the side. And if you if if somehow you get your trailer tires over that curb without you go nice and deep, it, you're stuck. Like you're stuck. Well, dude, these guys have this thing. They're on the outside <laughs> lane and they've got this thing at a minimum 45 degree angle off of the, and both, it was so bad. Both axles, both, uh, both sets of tires were, we're off. off? The ramp, oh my God. And there's a lady in another wake surfboat oh. yelling at them, telling them what to do. And she has no idea what to do, dude. So she's Deeper. like, turn the motor off. <laughs> stop shut the engine and, and she's just yelling at them and it's all happening so fast i have no time there's like five other dudes trying to push the boat off the trailer so they're like launching they're not coming in they're going out onto the lake so they finally get this thing the boat floats off the trailer they get it deep enough into the rocks that it floats <laughs> off the trailer and dude it's like after this thing floats off, they just pull up and all the guys that were helping and stuff and the driver, they're like, like nothing ever happened. It was like a total normal occurrence for them. They're just like, all right, let's go have some fun. They weren't like, it wasn't a big thing to them at all. So uh, uh, they got insurance, bro. Unbelievable. And we've, we've seen it a million times. Like that's the you, most uneventful launch they've ever had. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It only took 20 minutes. You're, yeah, you're just amazed, and there's just another day at the lake for them. <laughs> I couldn't uh, believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, I was trying to rack my brain, trying to think if I've seen anything, you know, worse than that. I know I've done some dumb stuff myself, and I'll get to that. But have you guys, have you seen someone else just do something completely idiotic like that? Well, I have a a, a paddleboard story that happened earlier this summer. I was up in the channel at Saguaro and this lady is on the paddleboard laying flat mm -hmm. and like paddling across the canal or the scent, the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. And I barely saw her. And as I see her, I come off plane and I kind of turn into her to talk to her, to tell her that you, I, and I pull up to her and she goes, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, no, you're not. I said, I can't even see be. you. And she goes, no, I'm good. I said, okay, whatever. Like, 
it's just sad because someone's gonna die out there there's just no ifs ands or buts about it it's gonna end up tragically but yeah she was just completely fine that nobody could see her it's been an explosion i i feel like i remember you telling me that story dude and these it's been an explosion since covid which it's great to see a bunch of new people in the outdoors but obviously the manuals of how to conduct yourself and uh, protect yourself didn't come with the uh, paddle boards man yeah they need to get back to the malls and the movie theaters dude i'm good (laughs) (laughs) but like so what would be a constructive solution right like you know you, you buy a car and you have to have a driver's license right so it's like when you buy 5,000 pounds of metal that goes 60 miles an hour and hurts people you know like what do you do do you force people to have like some type of a train you couldn't do that on a 300 paddle board right like i don't know what the solution is because it is yeah. you know like it's super dangerous and you're comment about death i mean look at lake pleasant doesn't lake pleasant have like five fatalities every weekend yeah. up there i mean it's yeah, like it's insane. outrageous for sure yeah yeah it's a good it's a good yeah. point. And a lot of states do have voting licenses, which helps, you know, like to some degree, right? Yeah. Here's, it, it would have to help a little bit. I think the kayaks, I believe there's someone that rents them from Butcher Jones. Mm. Pulls up and puts Oh, dude, all if they people, don't, I'm gonna start that business. Screw landlord and I'm gonna start yeah. renting paddle boards at Saguaro. But they just tell them they tell them to paddle across to that <laughs> to that one narrow cove <laughs> and I mean, it's insane. Mm. Uh, seriously, you know that, Dead, dude? Yeah, because I've talked to all these people that go back in there because I was fishing in there this spring, and they're That's like, "What's happening?" Yeah, like one lady says hello, and I'm like, "Damn, you're from Minnesota. What part of Minnesota are you from?" Because I could just tell from her accent. The one of your folk. And we were just chatting, and she's like, "Yeah, we rented the the uh, kayaks over at Butcher Jones there, so they just set it up. So that person right there is should probably." be liable for teaching you just better people. have a giant yeah. lengthy waiver <laughs> oh yeah yeah he needs yeah. a good attorney on retainer yeah, that's crazy just set, setting them loose it was like a line i'm telling you it was a straight line and that guy's just making it rain with his hundred dollar bills dude he's renting those things for but yeah you know at first i thought it was some crazy like club that had gotten together and was but these people all were like so different coming through and they weren't like talking to each other and stuff. So right. I, th- I think it was mm-hmm. just, they were all out there for the Saturday on Saguaro, bro. Unbelievable. Yeah, man. I, uh, and you know, am I getting lost this weekend with no phone service and no ability to figure out what went wrong? I, uh, stumbled into one of those like hundred mile, um, what do they call those trail run trail races things? Oh, really? And the same thing as I was bumping down the wrong dirt road incessantly, I quickly came upon a road closed sign and there was like, who knows, dude, a hundred people trotting through the forest. And it was cool. I was like, oh, good for them. They're out there getting some exercise and not screaming at their kids to be quiet while they're lost in the forest. But, you know, just as speaking to how many people are out enjoying the forest these days, it's it's pretty high. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, uh, I and then I when you were talking about stories, it made me think earlier this year, and I've only gone to Swore a handful of times, but even during the week at like minivan dad hours from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., there's enough shenanigans going on to like shake your head. And uh, I sent you guys the video and I had a story up of it a couple months ago, but dude, it was so amazing. It was just like in the good old days when the garbage truck came around with two dudes hanging on the back bumper. And then they jump off and go pick up your trash can and throw your trash away in the back of the truck and then give your trash can back. There was two guys 
hanging out on the back post of their surf boat riding down the ramp backwards because they were getting ready to trailer the boat and so they're just like holding on to that huge post that tells you when you're gonna crash loading of course it. you need a guy on each side dude you dude, gotta have a spotter on each side come on i mean it was like a, a 25 minute old denali backing it up that thing has a camera every 16th of an inch all around that vehicle and yet you still got two manpowers back there it's like looking good cut it cut it <laughs> you know and then i think that, the that they know yeah, exactly you're left and then they hold on and they know that they're deep enough that when both of them are underwater and there's just bubbles two feet deeper <laughs> and then it's ready to be trailing you know the you deeper gotta get the you tailpipe go, the underwater yeah. on right if the tailpipe's not bubbling you're not close <laughs> yeah keep going <laughs> keep going we can still see Fred. You're not deep enough, man. I love it, and I, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've all we've all had them. I've done. Hey, I've done it myself. I'll tell you guys one of the most embarrassing ones that I did myself. Um, I was newer to bass boats, probably 18, 19 years old. We had an older Ranger bass boat. And, uh, you know, when you're 18, 19, you're trying to figure out how things work in the boat. We had a live well pump. That was, I don't know, dude, something was, I think it was seized up, right? So I pull it out and I'm going to take it in and get a matching, uh, get a new live well pump. I didn't understand that was also, that live well pump was a dam between the water coming into, <laughs> Some into bit of the live well drain into the boat. <laughs> so, dude, I, I just had the pump out sitting in the garage and I go to the lake. And uh, I launched the boat. I'm with Sean Coffey. I mean, I'm like 18. He's like 16 years old. We're both kids. And uh, and we're at Roosevelt. And the best part is the lake had just come up. It was one of the epic flood years, like 2004 or something like that, 2006, where the lake had come up so much that lake was it was a log jam, the entire lake. There's logs everywhere, like super dangerous to run on pad and stuff. Uh, it was a minefield out there on the lake. We launched. And uh, the boat's pretty sluggish to get on pad, but it gets on pad. We go to our first spot and fish a little while. And then we go to fish our second spot and we can't even get on plane. I'm like, what is <laughs> going on, dude? I look back in the battery compartment. It's full of Floating. water. Floating. Completely full of water. So I still hadn't put two and two together, but I know we had to go, right? So oh, we got to go. So, uh, and Sean's probably thinking, like, what the heck is going on? So we can't even get on pad, dude. So we're just plowing with the nose straight up, and we're just hitting logs. Boom, 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 Just hitting logs the whole way back to the ramp, hitting whatever. We get back to the ramp and drain that thing out. We, we're lucky we didn't hit anything that hit the – I mean, that boat would have would have sunk, dude, if we would have hit something with a motor. It was a Ranger. It probably would have sunk, but it would have been bad. But uh, that was a dumb one, dude. That was a dumb one. I've done I've done plenty of the leaving straps on one strap like <laughs> the one strap circle motion is a great one. That's the worst. That's like it's hard a, hard to recover from. Way. Yes, <laughs> I saw a guy the other day at the lake that had that had I think he had that situation going on and his boat got on uh, the other side of the trailer like Ooh, right next parallel to it. parking. Yeah, it was he was in a bad spot and I. I wanted to laugh, but I couldn't because I had just done that not too long prior to that. So yeah, that's a, that's a nasty one for sure. But 
I had a real tense moment. Is it called Site Six at Havasu? Where's that little off the steepest ramp, ramp ever? Dude, yeah. it's like yeah. backing down Mount Everest. Yeah. I, I had a I it was early on, but I can't say that I'm any better now than I was then. But uh I tried and tried and tried and I could not get my boat loaded there. And I had a nice stress meltdown and there was like two old timers just sitting there on the dock laughing at everyone and like I just couldn't take it, man. I I think I was with my brother and he and I can get kind of non-communicative in our frustration at situations in each other. And so, you know, I think we, we monkey humped the football for like 15 minutes and then switched positions and he tried and you couldn't finally, get on the trailer. Dude, it, I did. I, I was like the guys, you just sink it so deep because you're clueless. You get the, the bow, the eye over the, the, the front of the boat over the uh, bow roller exactly and so yeah yeah, so the bow roller was on top of the trolling motor pretty much the entire time which seemed like that'd probably be good enough right i mean like (laughs) screw it call it a day a couple feet (laughs) it's on the trailer technically if we're going to talk semantics but uh oh man i remember just like melting down and having bullets and then finally one of the salty veterans could tell that i was you know needing a little bit of fatherly advice or grandfatherly advice (laughs) he's like Pull forward like 10 feet and try again. And then it went right on. Like, damn, <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. Like, why didn't you tell me that 30 minutes ago, asshole? Like, you made I had me to watch you str- suffer. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the new boat, you know, shenanigans. We used to have that tiny little Z6 Nitro, but it was brand spanking new off the showroom floor. You could smell us from a mile away that we were daddy's money and had no idea what we were doing. But we survived and, uh, Live to see another day. And now you know on steep ramps to not back it so deep, dude. Everyone everyone learns the hard way. But I, I promise you guys weren't backing your both axle, your axles of your trailer 45 degrees off into the rubble rock bank next to the ramp, dude. <laughs> True. But, you know, a Magnaflow muffler sounds even better when the exhaust pipe is two and a half feet underwater. That's how you get that deep burgle. Very true. Very true. We've seen it a million times. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Let's uh, let's roll it in. So, you know, one other thing I wanted to talk about, just kind of going through my boat over the last couple of weeks when I've had some time in the garage, just some some extra items that I think are critical to have in your boat that not everyone necessarily thinks about, right? Like everyone knows the obvious stuff that, that you're supposed to have in the boat, but what are some items that maybe get overlooked that you don't need, but once a year or maybe once, once ever that will pay off big time when you need them. Uh, I've got a little list here and I, I gave, did you guys come up with any or, or have any? I've got a, any I've got cool a couple. Okay. I've got a couple. I'm sure you have them also. Um, do you want me to go with a couple? Yeah, please. Let's hear what you uh, got. So a ju- jumper cables or nowadays a jump box. Uh, Ooh, the, jump box. Yeah. The oh, yeah. electric. Um, get with the times that's right yep yeah that's a big deal i've had i've had jumper cables save my butt many a times um and then another one is um, not just to have in the boat but to have in your tow vehicle is um again something new but the battery operated uh impact wrench oh like now that's with, nice dude yeah with a um like i've got i, I take a floor jack also uh you could change a tire in five minutes. I mean, you'll be back on the road. I know you carry one of those, uh, 
little ramps, right, Josh, for your boat? Yeah, I just started carrying that last uh, yeah. year or so. Um, Since you're and, a tandem axle, you can pull up one and get the other one up in the air. Yeah, that's easier than having to worry about a jack. You know, I've one yeah. one thing that really pays for me too, and this is, comes from my dad. My dad is always over prepared for everything. Uh, the first time I ever fished with Nick and his dad, his dad brought so much stuff to come in my boat and it made me laugh because it reminded me of my dad i mean his dad busted out a spread out of the back of their car the first time we went fishing and it reminded me of my old band but uh and it's only dad, deteriorated <laughs> so he my dad had a just a a block of wood like not a two by four but i don't know what it would be just a, a big block of wood that thing has come in handy so many times, but yeah, uh, that, that ramp is a really, really cool deal. Another thing that I, I, I would say too, is like, you never know. It's one thing to be prepared to change a tire out in your truck, but the one time that your buddy says, oh man, I'll tow your boat or your truck is in the shop. And he's like, I, I want to go fishing, but Hey, I'll tow your boat. He picks up your boat. You guys go to the lake together and get a flat tire on the way to or from. And then he doesn't have the tools that you need because you're in his truck. So I always keep a three-quarter inch socket on a breaker bar in my boat because what will happen, and we've seen it a million times, is a lot of these uh, you know, tires, the rims on these boat trailer tires, outside of the lug nuts, there's not much gap there. It's actually a really thin little gap between the outside and the lug nuts. and the one that comes with your truck, even though the lug nuts are the same size, doesn't fit in there nine out of 10 times. So a good thin socket with a good strong breaker bar. Um, that's what I've used to change my tires for forever. And that thing stays in the boat. I don't even keep it in the truck because if I'm changing a tire on the boat, um, you know, if I, if I have a flat in the boat, I'm going to need that that in the boat so that stays in the boat and then same thing that breaker bar i've got a uh, socket obviously for a prop wrench that goes onto that same breaker bar uh, but yeah those two are two sockets that never leave and uh you know just one other thing that i try to do too just for being quick in uh you know tournament or any fishing situations but especially in tournament situations is you know you try to figure it out or, or you look and see what size any any type of nut that you're going to have to take off in a, in a pinch, especially like your batteries, stuff like that, um, make sure that you have those things, you know, set aside. At if you don't have have the exact size set aside, have a couple of adjustable wrenches available. Um, you mean a rusty a rusty needle nose doesn't do it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. many times if you're have you desperate said, enough? <laughs> oh, it's amazing what I've tried. <clears throat> Kyle <to> Grover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there a story there josh yeah i i think i told it last year on the podcast but he had to borrow my wrench in a tournament at the u.s open yeah. a couple of years ago <laughs> you think kyle would have one i know he does you would, huh? yeah it was a brand new boat like the first time out so he didn't get that's time to the put problem everything in his boat yeah, yeah yeah but stuff doesn't break on new boats so you're good you don't need to bring anything do you just bring a sandwich <laughs> right right yeah all right what else i do we carry have? a little I carry a little ratchet set too that saved my butt one time on a guide trip. My talon stuck down like as far down as it would go and I couldn't get it to come back up and I don't have the, the, the hinged mount on there. So I literally had to take the talon off, uh, pull it up into the boat and strap it down to get oh, in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you had your ratchet set to do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, tools would you just no, get more no traction brainer. though? 
What do you mean? You just get more traction, right? I mean, like you don't lose traction with that thing down eight feet under the boat, dude. You're good. Like you're just not going to spin out or anything, right? It's like you're big... not good. You are not good with it down. <laughs> just grind it off the whole way home. Eventually, right. be, eventually nah, these lakes are deep. You're good. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I went power pull down in the middle of an intersection one time and uh, had no idea anything catastrophic was going on back there and had some friendly civilians in the lane next to me trying to get my attention and it was kind of like in dumb and dumber when he thinks he says he has a nice you know pullover on i was like yeah thanks man it's bass boat yep no to fish and finally I was like what's he talking about oh about two and a half inches of the bottom of the power pole was fine dust (laughs) (laughs) we remember that one yeah you had an epic trip to the lake that day dude you almost sold your boat after uh, you got home that week man that was i why why do i bring these terrible things upon myself this has been a good like as i'm listening to you guys talk i have the breaker bar that trick you did teach me a long time ago josh i was actually just doing an inventory and cleaning out this truck camper made me get the um toolbox out of the back of my truck and so naturally you start going through it and i saw that breaker bar and i was like son of a gun i actually needed that in my garage a while back and i didn't know where it was so Mm. it wasn't in the boat where it belongs but I did think of you as I, I looked at that, that that's nice. a health. That's a good trick. Cause you are right. The socket will not slide into the rim of most boat trailers. Unless you have those cool, like aftermarket twenties on it with some like all terrain tires that I see maybe then, but the, then uh, you'd be blowing a lot of tires dude. So you yeah. really need them. But, uh, another one would be a, a hook cutter, you know, something that is clean that can cut hooks, not rusty. Like, I mean, you never expect it. I've been hooked a bunch of times. You guys have too. And, and you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners have, but if you haven't, it's coming for you. You're going to get hooked past the barb and uh, you know, knowing how to use the braid trick. And then, and then if, if you're, even if you are going to use the braid trick, the cutters are great because you can cut all the other hooks on that bait around it. You know, the most recent time I got hooked, uh, I believe I was at Douglas Lake fishing with my butt, my buddies from Berkeley, Brad and Nathan, and uh, I got a blade bait, treble, treble hook from blade bait in the back of my arm. It wasn't too intense, but um, we were able to cut all the all the five other hooks off of that bait. So that way, when Brad ripped it out on the braid trick, I would not get hooked with one of the <laughs> other hooks on the way out. So that would be the for, worst. If and you got Nick and I have seen a video. We laugh. We've got a little inside joke of a video of this guy that that happened to, but it had dude. I'm sure it happens a lot because you just don't think about it. When you got a hook in you, you're not thinking straight. Get all the other hooks off your bait. And I'll say, dude, it's unpleasant to try to take <laughs> hooks off of split rings when one of the hooks is in, to, in your arm. So if you can <laughs> just go unpleasant. clink, 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 and, and, and cut off all the other hooks, I'm telling you there's there's less maneuvering that, that has twisting and turning that is happening to that hook that's stuck into your body. It doesn't hurt <laughs> yep. near as bad. I so, uh, and the, and then, is it the politically correct? Are they dykes is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, they are. I don't correct. know what, yeah, some, what the politically correct term for that geez, tool is. Yeah, but we're dude. on the same page here, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, something that's going to, this. I mean, not just a good pair of needle nose pliers, something that's got some extra oomph that'll cut all those hook points easily. And then, of course, if you have to push that hook all the way through, cut it on the other side, you want to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I've had to do that too. Do you know anyone uh, that's ever done that? Me. You've pushed Ugh. a hook through? Yeah. Yep. What's Explain that to me. So, dude, this was back in the 
20, it was in 2015. I was fishing a bass open at Table Rock and the Whopper Plopper had just come out. And I am on an unbelievable Whopper Plopper bite. And I've got two of them. And it's the third day of the tournament. And I got a co-angler who is not the best caster. And I'm crushing him on this thing. And he asked if I had another one. And I said, <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. This is the only one I got full the whole time, knowing that I've got another one in the in the bottom of my carpeted compartment. So eventually I crack my Whopper Plopper. I throw it on a rock and crack it. And I'm saying, oh, thank God I got another one. And I, I dig into my compartment to get this other one out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to change hooks or something like that. I'm telling this guy I got to change hooks, you know. And uh, I go in there and something happened. I had my hand on the my backup and something happened. And I turned the other way. And, dude, oh. I, before I know it, it's just it's in my finger past the bar. Oh. And uh, what you get for lying. So that's, that's exactly right. was the karma that was coming to me. But uh, I was in a pinch. I had like an hour left in the tournament day, dude. And like it was I was having a good tournament. I was in the top 10. I had no choice but to like. So I just like I I just pushed it through. And it was it was mind blowing uh, how hard it was to get it through the skin, dude. The hook point to get it to pop through your skin. Incredible. Oh. It took I mean, it was poking out so far, dude. My It was all Before turned white broke. and stuff. And then, yeah, it finally <laughs> broke through, dude. And then again, when you get to the barb, it's the same way. you got to push so hard to get that barb through. It comes in so easily, it seems, you know. Wow. But uh, anyways, yeah, I karma got me in that one. But um, hook cutter, um, extra sunglasses, you know, that's a, that's a key for sure. <laughs> um toilet paper everyone knows about but hand sanitizer i put i i've got a uh, ziploc bag with hand sanitizer with the toilet paper you're gonna want to oh. eat after you go to the bathroom at some point so that's always good to have you never know when you need <laughs> hand sanitizer um an extra bag of clothes i think i talked about this one um on a previous podcast but edwin evers had uh had a good post last year where he takes a waterproof bag and then from the bottom to the top, he stacks everything in there in order of urgency if you fall into the lake in an emergency. So you start packing this waterproof bag for your boat and it's your it's socks, it's, uh, you know, pants, shirt, whatever. And then uh, on, on the very top is a, a towel, like a like a big uh, bath towel. That way, if you do fall in the water and it's wintertime, you open that thing, you're not thinking clearly. The first thing you get to is a is a towel. You can dry yourself off and then you start getting dressed in order like you normally would get dressed and you're wearing warm clothes, uh, you know, quick. So that was a pretty good tip that Edwin had there. That saved a, that saved a guide trip for me last, last winter was having no kidding on the boat. Yep. Yep. With the older guy that fell in the water and yeah, the air temp was like 50 and the water was like 50 degrees. It was cold. So man, I didn't have an order like that, but. It better than not having it, dude. Right, right. 8.2 out of 10. Yeah. That'd be a review on Yelp. Rob was a decent guide, but when I went swimming, he really packed his dry bag poorly. Not enough attention to detail. <laughs> they went socks, order. socks, shirt, <laughs> towel, pants. And I really needed that towel. What an asshole. 
Hey, dude, landed, dude literally landed right on the spot where we were catching him too. So see, then that's not cool. He Dang gets a, he gets a one out of ten from the, you know, the the business to client side of yeah. ruining spots. <laughs> Punishable but, by not getting another trip. You got any more, Josh? That was a yeah. good list so far. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, and we're going long here. We got to get to our uh, Q and A. But my last one is uh, my shameless sponsor plug, but it's a great product. It's the DD Twenty Stick Spool Sticks. So uh, you know, not so much an emergency thing, but just a cool little gadget for your boat. I'm always respooling. If you blow up a reel or something like that when you're on the water, it sure is nice to you know be able to pop that spool line on that thing and spool up quick. But I mean, I'm in my boat respooling. Every day, you know, or every time I, I spool up, I'm in my boat anyway. So it's pretty handy. Check that thing out at DD26 Fishing. It's called the Spool Sticks. And, uh, you, you said know, Spool Sticks. I way. thought you were saying like chopsticks, like in case you drop your fork over the side of the boat and you want to finish your lunch. I wasn't I'd sure you were going with that. Chopsticks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was a little bit, a uh, little, little something. If you guys have any other cool items that, we're missing uh send them in we'll bring them up in the next podcast uh it's been a while since we've had listener feedback uh because it's been a while since we've even been on this podcast. <laughs> <Had> listeners <laughs> so, please, we've got listeners believe it or not we really appreciate you guys it was pretty awesome to see how many uh people actually tuned in after we took a, a four-month hiatus so uh anyways feel free to drop us a message on instagram at anglers happy hour you could also hit us up independently but anglers happy hour is the easiest way to get a hold of us on instagram uh now, okay let's transition but what about a banana and then a snake tied to the underside of your live well lid door those are the last two things that you must you know be prepared to deploy into someone else's boat but not your own yeah exactly that's a a good way to piss off a fellow fisherman man that's... <laughs> okay period full stop you can that's transition brutal. now you all have right permission. so we tied in last week's trivia, so you guys are on the tiebreaker. And again, you know, loser of the trivia has to do has to come up with a question next week. So this week I've got, you know, an, uh, it maybe a maybe an easy question, maybe a difficult one, but I've got here listed the top ten largest man-made lakes and the top ten largest natural lakes in the country by acre feet. Not so much, Ooh. I don't think by acres, but by acre feet. So it's also taking into account depth, I would assume, like just the amount, the mass of water that's in these lakes. So same thing, I'm going to have you guys text into, text me and tell me your answer. And I, at first, we're just going to start with one. I want to know the biggest man-made and the biggest natural. And if you both are able to get it, we'll we'll go down to the second. But uh, so we're going to have a winner at some point here might be quick it might be a little later on but the largest man-made lake and the largest natural lake in the country go ahead okay. guys yep as as you guys are thinking here i'm looking here at the largest man-made lakes and uh you know some of them do we just have to have me. one in the we just have to have one in the top 10 no i, I want, want number the, one the number one yeah yeah we'll see if you guys can get that and that Do I send you, it in now? Just yeah, send it to me personally. Don't send it to the oh, group. Oh, okay, send that's right. That's me. right. Okay. Oh, my bad. I got to switch. I'm. Let me type. I was going to send it in the group. So right on. I don't, I don't think I have your it. number saved, Josh. What's your phone number for everyone to hear? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me see here. <laughs> send that to four eight zero. 
Let me Nick see. has pinged in. Nick has it's entered 480262. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said yours, not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So my spelling's Nick, terrible on Nick the is one. in. My spelling's terrible on the natural lake. Oh wow. I know, Rob, well, it's too bad you didn't know. graduate sixth grade back in the seventies. I didn't even get close to the correct spelling, but you know what it means. <laughs> and you didn't get close to the correct lakes either, man. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. You robbed it's pretty uh, hard to spell. You were actually need close on four one. letters. How about this, dude? The champion this week is going to be Nick. So nice. Nick, so we'll, we'll start with Rob. Uh, but you, you know, dude, you had good guesses. So your guess on largest man-made lake, you've got Powell. Um, I know it's not right, but which is it's me, dude. So okay, and and, and and again, uh, this is just the first Google search I made. So God knows, maybe if they're both full, Powell actually is the biggest. No, it had not. it had Mead. So uh, Nick had Mead correct, and then uh, Rob had Okeechobee for the largest natural, which it was in the top ten. It's a great guess, dude. It's a great terrible guess. guess. Right up there. I mean, Nick's laughing. Loser, uh, dude. But you're not taking into account the Great Lakes. Lake Superior Uh, absolutely just dwarfs. Oh, I mean, they're called the Great Lakes, bro. Yeah. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yep. So uh, all five Great Lakes take the first five slots there. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so so just real quick, yeah. Let's run through the largest man-made would be Mead Powell. Sakakawea in, oh. uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Sacagawea, Sakakawea, I don't know, North Dakota. <laughs> <don't know. laughs> All right. <laughs> Oahe in South Dakota. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't know how to say Sacagawea? Have you ever heard of Lewis and Clark, is that, bro? Is have that, you ever okay. seen Pocahontas? Is that how you, you spell it? You have a daughter. <laughs> spell is it. S A C A J A W E A. Is that what it says? No. Well, this is S A K A K A W E A. Okay. I'm wondering if yeah. the K is like pronounced differently or something. Maybe the K know. is silent. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I thought you were trying way. to say Sacagawea, and it was no, really funny dude. to me. I apologize. No, 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 no. Uh, then Oahe in South Dakota, Fort Peck in Montana. Franklin Roosevelt in Washington. Yeah, when I saw Roosevelt, oh. I said, no way, but it's in, up in Washington. Cumberland in Kentucky, which surprised me. Um, there's another one up in Montana, Canusa or something like that. My handwriting's terrible. Shasta in California, which surprised yep. me that that was actually bigger than Toledo Bend, which is an absolute yeah. monster of a lake. So, uh, But I think it's the depth because like, oh. if you took surface acres, yep. I think Toledo dwarfs. Uh, you know, Shasta, but the depth of Shasta is so dang deep, man. It, there's more water in it, probably. Yeah, volume probably at the end of the day wins the wins the race for sure. And that's probably why Okeechobee is a little bit lower on the list because if you just look at the sheer surface acres, that it 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 would be obviously not bigger than the Great Lakes. But in, in order for the Great Lakes, it's Superior, Huron, Michigan, Erie, Ontario. Then you've got Salt Lake, Lake of the Woods in Minnesota. Ilamna Lake in Alaska, Okeechobee, and then Lake Pontchartrain in Louisiana. Is Pontchartrain a that's all freshwater? I don't know, dude. I, I've driven over it, you know, a bunch of times going uh, over, uh, you know, on I 10 towards <laughs> yep. New Orleans. Um, over the bridge no that never ends. Exactly. Yep. 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 But uh, yeah, I read I a was- book. I've read a book 
recently before I realized that I was going to just overwhelm you guys with my vast knowledge of lakes and reservoirs uh, called Cadillac <laughs> Desert. And uh, it was a fascinating read about the um, history of the Bureau of Reclamation and the Army Corps of Engineers and how they were just like conquistadors of reservoirs from like the late 1800s, but they were really partying from like 1900 to like 1950s, just damning everything they could they could do. And it was kind of the the backstory of it, the politics of it, the like unbelievable soap opera element of like dirty politicians trading projects in their state for other things like it was an interesting read but that was where i had heard of you know obviously we live in the colorado river states and so we know kind of that story but i've heard of that one in uh i had never heard of sakakuaka but uh those, that montana one that north dakota one there's actually a lot of backstory shasta is a crazy story how that all went down really? when they made that damn yeah, oh, Dang, yeah. Dude. I mean, like this, this is LA, a cool book. I need to check this out. Dude, LA was uh they were shysty and they were sneaky and they went up into north northern California and uh oh what the heck is like the Central Valley where all that huge corporate farming goes on now. And in the nineteen O's and nineteen tens and nineteen twenties they were making all sorts of like land acquisitions and accumulating water rights. And they built that massive, it's the California water plant, I think is what it's called. And they have aqueducts, which are just like, you know, man-made rivers, you know, concrete canals running through the desert. Dude, they pump the water from the Delta uphill, like over a thousand feet over an, a mountain and then send it on down to L.A. And it talks about like how much electricity it takes to send all that water from that reservoir uphill and then down and back. I'm not, I don't think it's Shasta. I think it might be Oroville or one of the other ones. Go ahead, Rob. I I can't remember, but whatever it is, the, the like shadiness of the government and how they operated through those bureaucracies was an interesting story but now you know as a as a reservoir fisherman and a bass guy like it's pretty badass because we have like most of those reservoirs have just become phenomenal bass fisheries even if they're not now they have had times when they were great but yeah it's it's crazy man they say water is for fighting right and whiskey's for drinking it's water's the currency of serious civilization definitely in the western united states so if anyone wants to waste you know, like two months of their lives. I suggest they read that book because it's crazy. Like that's interesting. And now, if it's on audio, I'll check it out. <laughs> you'd, you'd fall asleep, dude. You'd crash into Lake Pontchartrain. It'd be so boring. <laughs> like it'd be terrible. And audio is pretty painful to read in person. But oh, the history is I crazy. I can't wait to get it. Thanks for recommending it, dude. Yeah. So that's well, dude. It's funny how every one of these reservoirs that turn into bass fisheries. Like every every freshwater reservoir in the country is a bass fishery. Name one well, that's not, dude. Yeah, and and not to turn into a bleeding heart liberal environmentalist who's, you know, beating the drum. But what you've done, right, is you've just displaced moving water that had its own natural game fish or fish species. Sure. And you've created reservoirs, right? And so then they went in and stocked them. That was part of the deal, how they sold it, was that all these people were going to go out and, you know, pleasure boat and enjoy the reservoir. Well, they had to put something in it, like what species of fish is a you know a, a, a non-moving body of water game fish largemouth bass smallmouth bass um all of those species got introduced and they're the ones that were able to take hold so I, again for us it's pretty badass 
depth, right? I mean, like in Arizona, we would have uh, what natural lakes do we have in Arizona? You know what I mean? Like there's Dude, hardly the anything and, and yeah, they only flow semi-annually. Things. Yeah. So it was a blessing for us. So yeah. Uninteresting tidbit of stuff that no one needs, but it's there if you want it. What's it called again? In case anyone wants to be bored out of their mind and drive into Lake Pontchartrain. It's called Cadillac Desert. And uh, a Google search will show you who it is. I can't remember the guy's name. But yeah, it's it's crazy, man. California in and of itself has the most... What's cool about that book too is it goes it goes from the first white dude to go down the Colorado River. And I've talked about John Wesley Powell before on the podcast. But if you want to talk about an American badass, like hmm. Civil War veteran loses his hand, right? So he's, he's like Captain Hook. He's got a hook hand. Dude, he floated down the Colorado River before all these dams. Some of the rapids at that time were over three stories high. And they're going down this thing in 16-foot wooden rowboats. And they had to tie him to his chair on the boat because he didn't have a hand to hold on. And this guy's floating down that thing like a total G. Like that. Well, dude, I hope he wore a helmet. <laughs> dude, I know. Well, back then, a helmet would have consisted of like bark tree bark i know something. dude i know <laughs> crazy right but then freaking franklin roosevelt names 400 lakes after himself like the arrogant guy he was when meanwhile Powell's going down it with a hook anyways we digress so i have to come up with the questions next week is that what it was yeah nick you're on the hook next week for the question and the uh, winner does or i thought the loser did oh no, i'm right. sorry yeah 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 that's right you're you're the loser rob yeah. yep, you got to do it yeah loser rob has a nice ring to it it does. So it. be thinking about that when that you're one. after those elk, dude. I will. I'll be all distraught about losing the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okeechobee. Uh, Listen to uh, Luke Combs sing Seminole Wind about Okeechobee, and then you'll be you'll be ready. It is a good song. Well, all right, guys. We're over an hour in. Uh, bedtime's coming for my kids. They're trying to crack into the garage here, so we'll let everyone go. But any last words from you guys before we uh, wrap this up? Nope. Don't forget your uh, needle nose pliers. That's right. All you guys need is a pair of rusty needle nose. You're good to go. <laughs> and uh, with that, thanks again for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back at you in a couple weeks. Thanks, guys.